If you allow yourself to dream, vividly imagine it in your mind, speak it out in faith, then according to God's word whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believing you shall receive. Did you ever hear someone say, why did God allow that to happen to me? If God is so powerful, why didn't he do something? Well, let's go to the word and see what God's word says about it. Welcome to All Things Are Possible podcast with your host, S.T. Smith, where you'll get the uncompromised Word of God and bite-sized nuggets. So grab your Bible and get ready for some good news. Now here's your host, S.T. Smith. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of All Things Are Possible. I'm your host, S.T. Smith, reminding you that Jesus is Lord. The greatest power in the universe lives inside you and all things are possible if you will believe and act on it. So with the Word of God open on the screen in front of me, Let's look at this week's nugget. In Proverbs 4 and verse 7, God's word instructs us, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And in Proverbs 2 and verse 6, it says that wisdom comes out of the mouth of God. But if you look in the very first chapter of Proverbs, in verses 2 and 3, it says the purpose of these Proverbs is to teach people wisdom and discipline and help them understand the insights of the wise. The purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. Look, if you jump down to verse 24 in the New Living Translation, it says that wisdom is speaking here. He says, I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone and anguish and distress overwhelm you. So basically wisdom is crying out to the human race saying, hey man, I gave you everything you needed. I gave you knowledge. I gave you everything that you needed, but you chose not to fear the Lord. In fact, you rejected my advice. Then in verse 31, it says, therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. Wow. It's very important to remember that under the old covenant, the way that mankind was treated was way different than the way we're treated under the new covenant. So under the old covenant, the Lord is basically saying that because these people hardened their hearts and refused his instructions, the Lord would not answer their prayers and deliver them when their destruction came. They chose their path against all the warnings the Lord gave them, the warnings of wisdom, and they would reap what they had sown. But praise God for Jesus in the new covenant we live under. Through faith in Jesus and the Lord, we we know that he will never leave us or forsake us, as it says in Hebrews 13, 5. We have a better covenant than these people, and we live under better promises, like it says in Hebrews 8, 6. Under the new covenant, sure, there are still consequences that we have to deal with, but the Lord is always there to deliver us if we repent. I want you to look at Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 to 23. It says, And it is of the Lord's mercies that were not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. What a great hymn this was written about. One of my dad and mom's favorites. Great is thy faithfulness. O God, my father, 
There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. The last verse in Proverbs 1, wisdom says, But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. And as New Testament believers, we understand that wisdom is synonymous with the word of God. Second Timothy 2.26 says, And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who were taken captive by him at his will. Notice that Satan always catches his prey through a snare. A snare is basically a device that uses something desirable to lure the prey into the trap. When trapping animals, the bait is usually food, something the animal likes. It's desirable and essential for life. But when combined with the trap, it becomes deadly. In the same way, Satan uses things that God intended for good to trap people. With Adam and Eve, it was the desire to be like God that put them into Satan's trap. For example, God created sex to be a good thing as long as it's only with one's own mate. But the devil has perverted sex and snared many people. One of the lies the devil catches many people in is, you want to be free, don't you? You can do your own thing. Don't listen to anyone. Be your own person. Well, this verse in 2 Timothy, though, reveals that those who disobey the truth are Satan's captives, and he takes them captive whenever he wants. Wow. What a terrible thing to be taken captive by Satan anytime he wants. Listen, there's no such thing as being totally independent. We're either controlled by God or the devil. We, we don't control ourselves. Those who think that they're controlling themselves are playing right into the snare of the devil. Serving ourselves is serving the devil's purpose. We don't control ourselves, but we do have the freedom of choice as to whom we will serve. Like it says in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19, choose life or death, blessing or curses. God gave us the choice. He doesn't make the choice for us. And Satan can't force us into something and do to do anything. We have to choose. But this should be a no-brainer, right? <laughs> a, life and blessings, or B, death and cursings. Hmm. Well, just in case someone isn't smart enough to figure this out on their own, the Lord gave the answer. He said in the latter part of this verse to choose life. <laughs> That's like saying, hey, A is the correct answer. Choose A. It's good for you and your children. And in Joshua 24 and verse 15, it says, choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Everyone has choices, and, and these choices determine who we're controlled by. Now, also notice in verse 26 of 2 Timothy 2, you have to recover yourself out of some things. God can't do it for you. Remember, when we talked about Job, he didn't do all the things described in the first chapter of Proverbs, but he did fear. Look, even though a person walks upright before God, they can still miss God. Job said, for the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me in the 25th verse of chapter 3. Job just didn't fear. He greatly feared. Remember, all the times Jesus said, fear not, neither be afraid. Don't be afraid, fear not. He wasn't just making up scriptures to fill the Bible. He was revealing a spiritual truth. 
Fear will produce the very thing you fear, the same way as faith will produce the very thing you are believing for. And like we discussed in the last episode, don't take anxious thoughts because it'll dig up the word that you've already planted in your heart. You can pray the most beautiful prayer, full of faith, and then talk that seed right out of the ground. When you fear, the thing you're fearing will come upon you because fear is a spiritual force. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, fear is a spirit that will draw the very thing you don't desire. In Isaiah 54 and 14, God told Israel, You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it, speaking of the fear, shall not come near you. Fear draws oppression. It, it draws all the negative forces like a magnet. When Job greatly feared, he set in motion the formula for failure. He said, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. Well, we see in the first chapter of Job, verse 10, that the indictment that Satan brought against God was that he had put a hedge around Job. Job was safe until he began to fear. He couldn't rest for fear of what was going to happen to him and his family. He was actually calling things that were not, like it says in Romans 4.17 but he did it on the, the negative side. He continually offered sacrifices to God in fear of what was going to happen. Well, we have an advantage over Job because we can read the book of Job and find out that Satan was the one who caused his troubles. Job thought God did it. In Job one twenty one, he said, The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Remember that I mentioned that it is so important to understand the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant in the way mankind was treated. The lack of this understanding has caused many denominations to get messed up. Job's statement in verse 21 would be totally wrong if a New Testament believer made it because of truths like in James 1 and 13. But Job wasn't a New Testament believer and didn't have a covenant where the Lord promised he would never tempt or test us with evil. If you look at verse 22, it says, In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Just as this verse says, Job was not wrong in what he said. The Lord confirms this in Job 2 and verse 3, where it says the Lord was moved against Job to destroy him without cause, even though it was Satan that did the work. It's just very, very, very important to remember that our new covenant with the Lord changes everything. So what happened with and to Job will not happen with us. We have a better covenant and it's established on better promises like it says in Hebrews 8 and verse 6. Look, there are plenty of statements in the book of Job that are not truths. Yeah, they're in the Bible, but are they true? There are true statements of people's opinions, but are not statements of truth. The Lord gave and the devil took away. That is very clear. You know, I heard someone say this one time and it stuck with me and it was just it helped me in so much in interpreting the Bible. He said, everything in the Bible is truly stated, but not everything is a statement of truth. But praise be to God. His word frees us from fear. Remember Proverbs 1 and verse 33. Wisdom says, but whoso hearkens unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. 
Then if you look up that word hearken, it means to declare. Hearken unto me. Declare unto me what I have said. Speaking words like, I'm far from oppression, will set forces at work for you to keep fear and other negative forces away from your life. So once again, it boils down to the words that you speak. Speak God's word and, and, and be an overcomer in life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and come back for the next episode where S.D. Smith teaches how all things are possible through God's word.